Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet about Doctor Who. I think that's true. The noobs uh, and the Whovian. You don't think so? No. Uh-huh. Not, not, not. Oh, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me introduce. My name is Austin, and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're the noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't remembered their line. Yay. Welcome to episode 20. 20? 20. Episode 20. The uh, Wibbly Wobbly episode was number 18, which means last week was number 19, but we called it 18, but it was really 19, even though we called it 18 and we were wrong. Anywho, welcome to episode 20, covering series 2, episode 7, The Idiot's Lantern. This is the one where TVs suck your face off. Yay. The, the Doctor and Rose Dark, are headed to 1957 man. New York to see Elvis perform. So, of course, that means they land in 1953 London because TARDISing is hard. They start exploring when... Something suspicious starts happening. It turns out the TVs are sucking people's faces off and everyone in London is getting a new TV. This is all just in time for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, where 20 million Brits will be tuning in to celebrate and rock their faces off, literally. It turns out a being called The Wire is sucking the life out of people in an attempt to reincarnate. The Doctor doesn't like this, and there's no power on this planet that can stop me. I mean, him. The Doctor and a kid named Tommy jiggery-pokery a hoozy what's it while running through London. He climbs up an antenna just in time to stop Magpie from allowing The Wire to suck everyone's face off. He dies, she dies, everyone else lives. Everyone's faces come back for some reason. Tommy makes up with his dad after he gets kicked out. Let's have some orange juice. The end. All right, so this one is story number 173 as we kick off our production notes. This originally aired May 27th, 2006 to 7.8 million viewers. And had a working title at at various points of Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman? Why was it Mr. Sandman, I wonder? I have no idea. That's weird. There was no, like, dreaming involved. Anyways, Sonic Doom, Uh, which is interesting, but Sonic? It was was more like visual. And then the One-Eyed Monster. (laughs) I can see why none of these. Yeah. Well, the One-Eyed Monster being, like, the television, being, like, a thing that looks like it has one eye. But the other two make zero sense. But and then, the of course, they called it the Idiot's Lantern. Which <laughs> they is the idiot's another lantern. word for TV. Another way of saying television, yeah. It turns your brain to soup! Uh, <laughs> which original. is what actually happens to poor grandma. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Corbin said that he was pretty sure that that was exactly what was going to happen. And yeah. I couldn't remember. I didn't remember their faces being erased. Uh, I knew something happened, and I was like, you know, I bet you that is what happens. They probably show, show something trickling out of their ears. Nope. Perfect opportunity, no payoff. Well, I mean, they're they still emptied their brains. It did, well, this is true. It did, yeah. She uh, she was sort eating of. their brain energy like a soup. Yeah. How about it? All right. This was actually originally intended to be episode nine, um, and the only real reason that I bring that up is because we discovered a little glitch uh, in the system. If you're watching along with us on Amazon, you've been trying to figure out this whole se- season uh, series why we're dumb. Uh, the numbers are <laughs> off. We keep saying, you know, series two, episode seven this week, uh, and Amazon has it as seri- uh, series two, episode eight. And that's because they count the Christmas invasion as, as episode, episode one five. of series two, which is wrong. 
because that is not part of series one or series Wasn't two. Like three it's a Christmas gap special. between those two. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's normally a, a bit of a gap in there. So uh, that's that. So if you've been watching on Amazon, and you know what, I didn't check if it's that. Oh, uh, I don't think this is on Netflix. So, anyways, <laughs> if you're watching along on Amazon, which you probably are. The just know that the numbers are off. So when we say tune in next time for episode ten, you need to be watching episode eleven, right? Yes, eleven. Except or just go with the title. Yeah. <laughs> or just watch the next episode. Uh, I don't know of any other production uh, errors like that. Uh, sometimes that'll happen on like um, other shows, like Star Trek. They'll air them in different orders, and Netflix will have them in one order, and Amazon in another, and blah blah blah. Anyways, this was written by Mark Gaddis. Uh, we've seen him before. He uh, he has written up to now, 2018. Ah. Not up until the point of this, this episode. Wait, he's still alive? Yes. Yeah. Why would he not be? How old was he? Not very old. This was only 12 years ago. Oh. <laughs> this is not 1968 years. Doctor Who anymore. At any rate... He has written nine episodes of Doctor Who, and he's starred in four of them. He's played parts in four of them, and he's the only person to have ever written and starred in the same episode of Doctor Who. Wait, he wrote the same one he started? Yeah, there's there's an episode coming up that he was the writer for the episode, and he appeared in the episode. Not He didn't star in it like he was the star, you know, but he was in it as a, as a small just part. just like as a back? Um, you know, I, like I read it. I don't remember who, or, or no, no, no. They were talking parts. You know, it was a speaking part. He wasn't like a random extra in the background. He was an actual character in the in the thing. Not necessarily a major one. Uh, not like a companion or anything. Like, but oh, hello. as soon as this guy came on the screen, remember when I asked you guys? I said, "Who was that guy?" When we were watching uh, the Confidential, and I said, "Wait, who is that guy?" And Corbin said, "Oh, that's the writer." And I'm looking at him, and I'm going, where do I know this guy from? I know his face. Why can't I place who he is? And then when I was doing the research, I realized this guy has been an actor in a ton of stuff. So, first of all, we have to have our obligatory mention of the show that we've never seen, Game of Thrones. He played uh, Tycho Nestor. Everybody is screaming at their phones right now saying that I said that wrong, I'm sure. But he plays a a character, or plays or played, I don't know if he's still alive. Probably not, because it's Game of Thrones. He also (laughs) played... Ready for another crossover? We always mention this one. What's the other show that we always have to mention? Torchwood. Oh, well, no. Star Trek. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Remember, we've talked about... We've mentioned it once before. We've talked about it a couple of times. So there's there's all these crossovers with Merlin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes. So Sherlock Holmes was also run by... Oh, gosh. Now, I can't remember if it was Stephen Moffat. Or, or Russell T. Davies. I think it was Russell T. Davies, uh, who's the current showrunner, you know, yeah. for where we are in Doctor Who. He was also the showrunner for Sherlock Holmes. And so, uh, Mark Gaddis, what I didn't look at is, I don't know if he wrote any of the episodes for Sherlock Holmes, but he plays Mycroft Holmes, Sherlock's brother. So he's like a pretty big character yeah. in this other show. And he's really good, too, by the so way. So he's a he's, writer and an actor. He's, yeah, I mean, he's not just like a writer who decided to be in a couple of episodes of Doctor Who. Like, he's an actor. Like, he's been in, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, this was also directed by Euros Lin. We've talked about him before. And we didn't win any awards this week. Everybody shed a, shed a Doctor Who tier. All right, let's look at the... I actually like oh, this one pretty well. Huh? I actually like this one pretty well. 
you're going to be alone on that, apparently, because we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but a lot of people didn't really care for this episode. All right, so that brings us on to the rest of the cast. What do you mean, that's the Doctor? Doctor Who? So we had the, the Wire, which I kept waiting for a reason why she had that name. The alien lady yeah. in the TV. She was called The Wire. Yeah, uh, apparently in the notes, that uh-huh. species that she is is yeah. not shown up since ever. Never seen him again? Yeah. No. And we that know nothing about it. She was it's played weird. by Maureen Lippman, and she's done some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't seem like there was anything of note that I recognized that jumped out. Mm-hmm. Um, Magpie was played by Ron Cook, and he also uh, did a show with David Tennant called Casanova. Um, I need to look into that show. David Tennant was was Casanova in the show Casanova <laughs> before he came on to Doctor Who. And uh, Ron Cook, uh, the guy that played Magpie, appeared on there with him. Uh, you've got Eddie Connolly, the uh, the really jerk dad, played by Jamie Foreman. Uh, the big note that I saw on him was that apparently he was a huge Doctor Who fan. So like a Doctor Who fanatic. So when yeah, now I get there, to act like a jerk to the doctor. Huh? I know, right? I mean, gosh, just like consummate. Jerk. I'm talking. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not listening. Not listening. Uh, he also played in uh, the other show that we always have to mention, the EastEnders. I think I don't think you're allowed to be a British citizen unless you've appeared on EastEnders. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy. Everyone the, has at least been some sort of. Uh, At least an extra. extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I started in EastEnders. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't. showed up just so he could be killed. Now I'm a British citizen. <laughs> <laughs> As part of the uh, citizenship test. Uh, Tommy, uh, his son, the, the, the young man, played by Rory Jennings, who also played on EastEnders. And then oh, he also... Okay, so a number of years ago, there was a, a movie called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And so this was... Uh, okay, our dog just went nuts for some reason, <laughs> so I, I had to make sure everything was okay. There was a, a movie adaptation of Frankenstein that was very, very faithful to the original, so this was not like the zombie with the bolts in the neck and the yeah. flat head. Yeah. Uh, this was like <laughs> the way the book was originally written, and so it was called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote the, the, the original novel. Rory Jennings, who played Tommy here, was young Dr. Frankenstein in that movie. So in the parts of the movie where, you know, he's remembering his childhood or whatever, that's who uh, played him. I thought that was really cool. The grandmother. Oh, Corbin, you put something in here. Why don't you, yes. why don't you throw that down? This is an interesting fact. Oh, so, I didn't even click on her. I'm glad you pulled this up. Good for it, man. Yeah. So grandma was played by Margaret John. And apparently Margaret John had previously appeared in Fury from the Deep in 1968, 38 years before this story. So she became, she then held the record for the greatest span of time between guest appearances on Doctor Who. So she was on the first season? 1968? I'm guessing. <laughs> Trying to do my math. Yeah. I mean, she so 2006, beat Sarah, that was 38 uh, years. Yeah. She beat Sarah Jane, didn't she? Oh, by a long shot. Yeah, because Sarah Jane was like on a couple doctor. of episodes ago, and she was yeah with the yeah she was on in like the seventies. Uh, so does she still hold that record? I don't know. Huh? That was just a note I found while I was going. Through. It's going to be tough to beat that record. Because yeah, if she was on years. in the original series, You'd the have first to have season, a fairly young actor. 
Right. Well, yeah, what you'd have to have is like somebody, anybody who came after her, you'd have, they'd have to appear like now. (laughs) So that's, wow, that's crazy. Okay. I didn't even click on her because she's, she's inconsequential (laughs) to the show. Uh Does she even say a single line in the episode? Does she? Yeah. Okay. She's talking about how his brain's going to get curved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The soup. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Try yeah. to break the soup. She's also a big character because she's, she's here. Like the main person who got her face to it. Yeah, the first one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just meant she didn't seem to have a whole lot to do, so I didn't figure she was. Yeah. I have to. I have to be selective because there's so many other characters that show up on a given episode that I can't research yeah. them all. But I don't I'm understand. Um. So we hear that stomping sound. That's hey, what was that? Oh yeah. And then. Why do Never they really keep, like, clasping, unclasping their hands? It's and having it sound like their hands were made yeah, out of, like, rusty sound. metal. <laughs> it's or yeah, or rubber. Yeah, it was yeah, some kind of squeaking. Like, scrap, 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 scrap. Yeah, I don't know. What? That was stuff that never uh, never really paid off later on. All right, so let's take a look. Uh, special effects. We had, a, we had a few things this week under costumes and makeup. Corbin said there wasn't really a whole lot as far as costumes, was there? Because it, it was just like standard 1953. It wasn't like very elaborate costumes. And I said, yes, but the R- Rose's dress, they specifically mentioned that in the confidential, right? That they wanted to get her in this 1950s uh, poodle skirt type of thing. And then I said, oh, and the doctor's hair. When we were watching last week and we saw next time, I was like, what is the deal with his hair? in this episode coming up. And then I didn't think about it again for the rest of the week. And as soon as he stepped out of the TARDIS or poked his head out of the TARDIS, I was like, Oh, right. Cause it's supposed to be the fifties. So he's got like this Elvis pompadour going on with the, with the hair swooped over. And I was like, man, that's actually a really good look for the doctor. I don't think we ever see it ever again, but I thought that was really cool. And then he shoved it under a, a scooter helmet for half the episode. But, uh, so let's see CGI. Um, Talk to guys. Talk to me about the faces or the lack thereof. The what? The, so the non-face faces. The only they had no face. The only um, like hint we get at what that was was in the confidential. It's showing you this shot of when they're going upstairs to check the, on Granny. Right. You can see like half her face, and it has these black dots on it. Right. I. I it looks like it was definitely mocapping for. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely mapping her face so that they could uh-huh. blank it out digitally later. What were you gonna say? Yeah, to like it? an outline of what they need of to dots. Blank yeah, out. yeah. Isn't that like what they did for Gollum? Is uh, they gave him the suit so they can map out his body, and then. Yes, this was probably a little bit different. This was probably more frame of reference type of thing. That it was. It, yeah, it looks similar to mocap or motion capture, yeah. but uh, I, I don't know how they did it. But until we saw that, I literally could not tell for the longest time that first scene where they walk in and they look at granny that there there was texture to that non-face like it was not uh-huh. just fuzzy ish it looked like it looked like it elbow was, skin or weird. something i, I mean there so was smooth too it was yeah really weird but there was but it wasn't plastic smooth like it looked like skin like it looked uh-huh. like smooth yeah. skin like there was pores and like wrinkles you somehow and managed to get all the wrinkles out of your skin. And right. Like, but then the, but every other time or something <laughs> cleaned it up. But every other time you saw Shame. one of those blank faces, it, it, did y'all notice it was like, it looked like it was out of focus. Yeah. Did y'all yeah. notice that? Yeah. And, and I don't know if they did that on purpose to make it that much creepier. Cause like my eyes couldn't focus on their face yeah. spot. 
Yeah, I was gonna say you can't focus Head on spot. their face if they don't have Because it wasn't there. No, but it, it was like it, it it didn't look like they had you they know a, like, like some kind of thing over their face, this, like a mask. They even had this sunken spot yes. where their eyes should be. Right. Right. And like there was all this there was no nose, but it kind of There was a hump where the nose would have been. There. Which is why, again, that's why I thought, oh, they must have, like, something over their face, right? Like, mm-hmm. some kind of, like, elastic or spandex type of thing so that it's still kind of contouring to their face. Like, there's a whole a, a bump where the nose should be, and there's a bit of, you know, where the mouth should be. But it's very blank other than that. Except it was all out of focus. And I was like... I can't tell what my brain is trying to see right now. And then when we saw the confidential, I was like, okay, it's CGI. So they did something there. So <sighs> that was good. Trip, what did you think about the red face-sucking electricity as a CGI effect? Was it that good? It looked really weird. And, like, when they were screaming, when, they, like, their mouth was getting pulled off their yeah. face, faces. are you ready to begin? <laughs> are you sitting comfortably? I did let's like, begin. I did like when Rose was trying to talk to Magpie while her face was getting sucked off. It sounded like it's it sounded like she was in a tunnel. She was like, "Magpie, you can still help me." You know, it, like yeah. and and it uh-huh. her face was being pulled in and was sort of like, you know, like a tent sticking up off of her face, you know. Uh, and it sounded Magpie. like she was shouting through that that tunnel of face. Yeah, yeah ex- <laughs> exactly. I really didn't like how the electricity was like red though. Like I didn't like the electricity as, at all as a, as an effect. It just looked weird. Electricity like why? Ah, more I don't know. sinister looking. Um, ah, at any rate. Well, that brings us to the checklist. Well, trip, we already mentioned the baddie of the week. Remind us the Right. What it did she? What did the lady call herself? <laughs> the Wire. <laughs> the Wire. The Wire. Jeopardy music. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was called The Wire. We never find out why. And like uh, Corbin said, we never hear from them again. Uh, yeah. Now you know what? Did it mention? Did she mention a species? Yeah, she said, um, "My own species kicked me away." Right. No, but did did she name the species? No. She actually didn't. Uh, nope, it's not on there. There is, like, no... There's nothing on this. Yeah, so this is just a, a complete uh, one-off. Let's see. Uh, the TARDIS.wiki.com says, The Wire was an energy being that, according to the Tenth Doctor, took the essences and souls of the television-watching population. Um, and then it's got an entire article of biography, personality, <laughs> and everything, all based off of this one episode. So at any rate, yeah, um, kind of an interesting idea. Now, what I kept wondering all throughout, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was like all of this British television stuff happening. Yeah. So like, yeah. remember when they were like, oh, it's so lifelike. It's like you're there. You know, when they were watching the TV, most of what was on the screen was actual stuff from 1953 yeah. British television. Oh, so there was so. Yeah, and I just... It's I'll, so clear! Uh, yeah. It's blue and got squiggly lines on it. <laughs> I could right. barely see what was happening. You know how people's faces are made out of stacked up lines? It looks just like that. There was... Uh, so, I, I kept wondering how much stuff actually happened. So, the Connolly family at one point was watching Muffin the Mule. And apparently that oh, was yeah. an actual TV show uh, on in London at the, at the time. And when... Do you remember how The Wire, maybe two or three times, she said, are you sitting comfortably? Like you mentioned earlier, yeah. Trip, are you sitting comfortably? 
then we'll begin. Apparently, there was a radio program back in the day. Yeah. There was some children's program where the lady would say that to start the episode. And it was it was kind of like a fun educational show for uh, for kids. So yeah, that's how she would start. And so that's who they were trying to make her be, as they talked about in The Confidential, was sort of like this archetypal British BBC presenter from the 1950s. But apparently she wasn't like a particular person. Like, I thought they were trying to base her off of a particular presenter from the BBC. Yeah, apparently sense. not. Yeah, but uh, but apparently not. But other stuff, like we saw when, when they were showing shots of the Queen riding in the in the carriage, yeah. mm-hmm. that was actually Queen Elizabeth's coronation. That's what it actually looked like. Makes sense. So did they use CGI for the television? Um, you know, that's interesting. Um, a lot of times in television, I don't know if you've ever tried to take a picture of the TV or take a picture of the computer and it looks terrible. Yeah. Like take a picture with your phone and it looks terrible. It's something to do with the frame rates and all the and weird stuff. I don't get it, but it always looks terrible. So most of the time on TV shows, if you see the TV, they're doing something there. You know, they're they're cutting a hole out there and and replacing the screen with with some sort of video playback and post editing. Nowadays they do that with CGI. Nowadays, if you nowadays if you see behind the scenes stuff, a lot of times if you have a computer monitor on a set, it's a green square. <laughs> so like where the screen is is covered over with a piece of green, so they can easily swap it out later. And they do the same thing with televisions and stuff like that. So I'm imagining it was probably something like that. I wonder if that's what they do when Mickey's doing all his hacking and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you ever look at that stuff while it's happening, a lot of times it looks weird, like it looks a little off. Um, so, yeah, it's very typical. Our well count, good grief, we got three. Three. We got three wells this episode. The first one was like first scene right off the bat. The uh, right when they come out of the TARDIS, uh, Rose is saying something about. Not looking like New York, you know. They were supposed to land in New York uh, in 1957 three or 56. Years before where they landed, right? No, three years later from where they landed, right? And she says something about it looking more like New, like London than New York. And the doctor says, "Well, it could be New York, <laughs> you know, like that very Londony looking New York." And then some like bus passes by and they're like yeah this is definitely yeah a big red double decker passes by and then there's like a whole other like stereotypical london things that pop up and he's like well it could be new york uh there's a point where he's talking to detective inspector and yeah. he says tell me everything you know yeah and he says well i know you can't wrap your hand around your elbow and make your fingers meet <laughs> Which we had to rewind how many times? Like about four. Three times. (laughs) I was like, what is it we're trying to say here? And and the other one was also in the same scene with the detective inspector. He doesn't seem to know what's going on. The doctor says, well, that's about to change. There was another one in there that we decided we weren't going to count where he kind of... It wasn't quite as... Well, yeah, like, yeah. Well, well something. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He, he almost wasn't even saying the word well. I was like, ah, hey. <laughs> it was just I, sort of some sound. At one point, he said whelp, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that one. Whelp. And that brings the running count up to 12, which I'm pretty sure is more than we had Fantastics in the whole I think that's series. how many Fantastics we had. 
Yeah, and there was, was like four in it the was last 13 episode. Thirteen episodes, and there was twelve total. So I was like, "Good grief! We didn't even have one per episode." Yeah, and four and of them. <laughs> four of them happened in the final episode. Uh, we didn't get any. I'm so sorry's. We didn't get any runs, although there was a lot of running. And I did go back and check because remember the remember the part where they were running. Yeah. Tommy was carrying the pile of electronics, and the doctor's working on stuff. Yeah. Never one time did he actually say run. I was like, "Well, dadgummit. Ah, uh, we didn't get any bad wolf. Oh my goodness. The Torchwood reference we this week. Trip, it. Trip, this was so crazy. Corbin, did I show it to you? No. No? This was in the notes. Okay, okay, okay. I I tried to I tried to record it and uh, Screencastify was messing up on me. It, it it wouldn't go through. All right, so do you guys remember when they brought in Rose and the doctor is freaking out and he's staring at her and he's you know it's right before the doctor flips out about how there's no power on earth that uh-huh. can stop that can stop me there's this part where we're all wrapped up right uh-huh. because there are a million things happening on the doctor's face uh-huh. right he says to the doctor the detective says do you know her and he goes know her i you know, and he kind of cuts himself off and trails off. You know, like he, it, it almost sounded like he was going to say, no, or I love her or she's my best friend or, you know, or something like that. Okay. And he kind of stops because that's what the doctor does. And like the inspector dude is talking in the background. Exactly. And he says something like, oh, that's the third one this week or something. And boy, they've never just left one standing out in the road before. That's strange. And then and then it gets muffled because there's the music swells. But then as it comes back in, he says, and then we'll have probably have Torchwood here by tomorrow and then they'll be all over our backs. And then it, you know, the doctor starts speaking again or he yeah. says something to the doctor. Totally, completely missed it because, I again, I was watching his face so intently because I'm like, so oh, it's going to get good. So got to be on our toes about that one. Mm. Do we get anything about the time war? I don't no. think so. It's not really the tenth. That seemed to be more of a ninth doctor yeah, theme. Uh, we're going to see it. We're, we're going to see yeah. more uh, more of it. I don't know that we'll see a whole lot about it this episode. Uh, I'm sorry, rather this series. However, a, a, again, it was a more of a theme with the ninth doctor because... It just happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. And... Right now, it's not a big theme because Torchwood is the is the meme for the season. But <laughs> it's still we're gonna get little bits about it, just like we get little bits about who is the Doctor. But this one was what this one was a very self contained episode, right? They seem Everything to like happened to on throw it. a lot of Easter eggs in there, like the well and the Torchwood and the Bad Wolf. Yeah, it's a little, little like running gags. You said you didn't even notice Bad Wolf at all until the not my uh, first time too. No, eleventh nope. episode. Yeah. Gorman, hit us up with the jibberty jabberty for the week. Transtemporal excerpation methods to neutralize the residual electronic pattern. Which means what? Tape over it. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Extirpation. That's a weird, I, I think that's an actual word. Not extirpation or whatever. Extirpation. Uh, the transtemporal extirpation methods to neutralize the residual electronic pattern. And, and Rose says, what? I'm going to tape over it. That's how they're going to erase the wire. He created Uh, a tape with the wire contained on it. And he said that he was going to record over the tape. So the wire would be deleted. So he he makes a joke about inventing the video cassette early. 
and and then he makes his little side gag about it being a Betamax or Betamax, as he says. So you had, you, do you remember VCRs? I've shown you a VCR before, right? Um, Where you've got a pop in the little. It's a tape. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it has ba- like two sides or something. Uh no, that's audio cassettes do that. So this were this, they were about this big. An audio cassette's about this, more like a little bit smaller than a phone, and it is magnetic. It's not digital, and so you would record stuff on there magnetically, and then you could play it back. But if you recorded, if so, let's say you recorded something on the tape, and then you rewound it to the beginning, you can play it, and then if you rewound it to the beginning and recorded something else, it would record over top of it would it would erase whatever was already there as you're recording the new thing. So back in my day, this was a, this was a terrible, terrible thing to do. So I used to buy, when I was your age, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon was on the air and I would, I couldn't get home from the bus soon enough to catch the first of the two episodes that would come on. So I programmed my VCR to record them for me and I could watch them later. So if I would go back and I would watch them, and let's say I was watching an episode and I had to stop in the middle of it and then I forgot to oh, no. push it forward, then the next day when it would cut on to record, it would start recording right there where I was. So I would lose that half of an episode. And once you do that, there is no undo on a VCR. Like if you delete yeah. something on your computer, you can hit control Z and undo it. There is no going back when you record over something. So at any rate, so it's just kind of a little joke there where he's going to record over. For, for some reason, what he did was while they were up on the antenna, he recorded her. her. Yeah, he recorded her onto a Betamax, which I, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, jiggery pokery there. And so now he's just going to record over her. I just looked up extra. It doesn't what? It wouldn't take her onto the thing. It would just be a recording no, it's like she was trapped on the de- on the on the tape. It's weird. I don't know. I just looked up looked up extirp- extirpation. extirpation. Extirpation is the condition of a species or other taxon that ceases to exist in a chosen geographic area of study, though it still exists oh. elsewhere. Okay, so kind of, so kind of think kind of like extinction. But yeah. But yeah, just it's called in a local era. extinction. Local extinction. Awesome. <laughs> and it's transtemporal. Anyways. So uh, we did have some, speaking of jiggery-pokery, we did have uh, a good amount of that when the uh, he, he grabs a bunch of stuff out of Magpie's electronics or elect- electricals or whatever, and they go running down the street. And I love how Tommy's carrying this pile of electronics and the doctor is just grabbing things and hitting them with the Sonic and then throwing things. And as he's going, oh, yeah. he jiggery-pokeries together whatever device it is that he needs to... You know pull her down onto the Betamax or whatever. We didn't mention this in the jittery pokery thing, but when the thing goes on the fritz, Tommy runs around, picks up some piece that looks exactly like what the doctor did, like yeah. plugs it into the vi- device, and then suddenly it's working again. Okay, so, so yeah. as they were beginning that, uh, when they're when they're at Magpies and they're, he's collecting all the stuff he needs, there's a, a quick bit where Tommy holds up that transistor or vacuum tube or whatever and says, like this one? And he goes, perfect! And he grabs it. And that's the exact part that he ended up yeah. replacing later. So it was like, oh, I know that one. I've seen that one laying around. And they were at the television 
uh, studio. So I yeah. guess they were in the transmission room. So there's, you know, random electrodes laying around Pieces or whatever. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So we got to talk about the Sonic, and we've got to talk about the Psychic Paper. The uh, Psychic Paper. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, he used it. He's like, you're the uh, prince or whatever or something. The king of Belgium. Yeah, the king of Belgium. <laughs> yeah. So. Shouldn't you be at the ceremony? Oh, I'm something. Yeah, he says, they're saving me a spot. And I love that he, so he, you know, it's the perfect opportunity, right? He's running through the streets. A security guard or a police officer is trying to stop him. And he whips out the sonic paper. Or the sonic paper. The psychic (laughs) paper. That'd be even better. He whips out the psychic paper and, you know, then just keeps on running. And he doesn't really say much of anything other than, oh, they're holding a seat for me. And then... Tom, what did Tommy say? Tommy's like, he's uh, like, who? What, do, what does it say? Or, oh, he yeah. said, who? Who does he think you are? And the doctor flips the paper around and looks at the psychic paper and says, the king of Belgium, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Tommy's so, like, how dumb is this guy? This right. paper is blank. Yeah, he has. He gets no explanation about the psychic paper at all. So, we know that psychic paper shows people what they want to see. We know that sometimes the doctor will say what it says. And, and then that's, hold it up. Yeah, and then that's what the people see, right? Uh-huh. And that's consistent. Because that's what they want to see. Because, because that's what they're told. Exactly. So it says, hey, I'm I'm with the FBI. And he holds it up and they go, oh, it says FBI. Because that's what they're expecting. Like and it's subconscious want. It, well, yeah, it is. Well, yeah, not like a desire, but no, like no. he says, yeah. I'm with the FBI. So they are expecting to see something that says FBI. That's what they want to see. And then that's what it shows them. And then sometimes he just holds it up and waits for them to react. And I then understand he says, why the police dude wants it to say King of Belgium. <laughs> that's so random, right? Did you say you can understand? Yeah, I can. Why? The police officer wants to Imagine. see the King of Belgium. <laughs> it's, you're just... Running through the street? I, you're just sitting there, and sure, then suddenly the king of Belgium comes. Oh, this is you. true. Yeah, because because how how much does it suck to be that guy? The coronation of a queen, which is, by the way is like usually a once in a lifetime thing, is happening. He's a police officer. He should have like front row seats, and instead he's like down the block, nowhere near any of the action. Without even any TVs. Without even having a TV. So thankfully, he's not getting his face sucked off. But so yeah, so he wants to see something cool. He sees the king of Belgium. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. All right, but. Now, we've established that the doctor can then look at the psychic paper and see see what they saw. Does it have, like, residual effects or something? Yeah, and I'm like, well, if we go off of seeing what you want to see, maybe he wanted to see what the other guy saw. So that's what it showed him? Mm. (laughs) That would make sense, wouldn't it? I didn't write it on here, but you put in the notes... And apparently, the psychic paper is pretty convincing. The King of Belgium doesn't carry around an ID <laughs> tag. Only Harriet Jones does that. Right. I love how, you know, the guy is totally okay with the idea that, one, the King of Belgium is run, running around with a little kid wearing uh, sh- wearing a suit and tennis shoes. Through the streets of um, London. Right. When he should be, as the police officer says, there at the coronation. And, and he doesn't even do anything about it. Uh, right. He d- yeah. He doesn't well, even go. Well, do you need his, some help? You know, he just blown off his feet. But the king of Belgium has just run past. Yeah, and then starts climbing up the fire escape. But so so <laughs> he's but he's totally yourself. cool with all of it. He's like, 
you killed yourself, so I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, why bother? So I love what that... What about the other guy? How did the other guy get up there? How did he get past the guards? <laughs> uh, There's a plot hole. Uh, huh. Yeah. Magpie has psychic paper, too. Uh, ooh, dun dun dun. He's a time lord. That or he, he snuck around behind him. I don't know. But, so, yeah, the... The psychic paper is definitely, apparently, is fully convincing. Yeah. Like, it not only shows you what you want, because you never have anybody look at it and say, King of Belgium, that doesn't seem likely. You know? Yeah. It's like It's like the ultimate confirmation bias. Do you know what confirmation bias is? No. So, it's the idea of you finding the evidence that you want to find. So, you guys do this to each other all the time. So you're like, uh, uh, Corbin never shares his uh, books with me. So every time Corbin doesn't share his books with you, you're like, aha, see, proves my point. You didn't pay attention to the million and a half times where he did share his book with you because all you want to find is the evidence that proves your point. It's called confirmation bias. So psychic paper is like the ultimate confirmation bias. You want that to be the king of Belgium. So when he shows you a piece of paper... You think you see what you want to see, and then you totally believe it. Mm-hmm. So it fully works on confirmation bias. We have cracked the code of psychic paper. <laughs> All right. Now All right. we just have to figure out how to build it. Now we just have to figure out how to build it. Then we can get anywhere. Would you build it or print it? And if hmm. you print it, does it need psychic ink? <laughs> hmm. All right. So the we other thing the time was the yeah exactly. Uh, do, do do the time lords make printers like you know like HP? Dell, Canon. Yeah. Anyways, well, so the different. Sonic. What what can the Sonic do this week? Scan people's brain activity. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> what? He wa- he walks up to Granny and points the thing at her head, <laughs> and just you know, Sonics her, and it tells him what's going on in her brain, like the level of brain activity and yeah. uh, synaptic residual responses or whatever. Oh. It's just. So, one more thing that the Sonic can do, and can read your brain. Um, I saw in the notes that apparently, um, at one point in the episode when he was putting it, putting it back in his pocket, he, uh, clicked the button, and it caused the light to go on, so he Sonic'd himself. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that just accidentally happened? Like, yeah. Tenet accidentally hit the button? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the TARDIS stinks at landing, or... Doctor, the doctor stinks at flying it or landing it. I don't know because we we always seem to land in the. Well, considering the TARDIS wrong place. is a living thing, Sentient, probably just yeah. kind of chooses, doesn't always listen to the doctor. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, you always seem to land in the wrong place, and it turns out to be the right place. You yeah. you talked about this the other day with um, when we were in the uh, parallel universe with the Cybermen that. You said, you know, like, whenever something is going wrong, the doctor shows up, and this time it took a doctor from a different universe showing up to save the day. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, right? Is like every time the doctor lands, it's like, well, what's going wrong this week? So, uh, you know, the, the TARDIS... TARDIS always... practically killed itself to get him into a different universe. Exactly, yeah, to get him there to, you know, to save the day. And apparently they store scooters in there. Mm-hmm. The doctor... Apparently, at some point, the doctor bought a scooter and uh, stored it in the TARDIS. Doesn't he have, like, a 
like money from every era, so I mean, I guess he got the scooter from that era. We talked about this in the Girl in the Fireplace. You are thinking of Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. Uh-huh. Remember, the doctor's approach to money was, how do you get money again? I've always been yeah. a little fuzzy about money. <laughs> but, but the doctor um, handed that dude infinite... Uh, what he did was... That was because he was he, hacking. Yeah, he hacked. He used the He's Sonic to hack a computer into giving him credit. Because it's not money. It's not cash money. It was credits. So, like digital money, like it'd be like it'd be like because taking a credit card no and matter, zapping it with the Sonic and having oh here you got a million bucks on this credit card now. Because apparently, no matter what, we're gonna end up calling our future money credits. Credits, yeah. It's Star Wars, Doctor Who. That's right. Everybody in the future calls them credits. Uh, let's see. Who is Rose? Um, Rose really kind of struck out on her own. She's. Have y'all noticed that? Like she's. Really more and gaining more independent. In, yeah, yeah. More and more initiative, striking out on her own. Um, I, okay, so I was writing this down in the notes that she went to Magpies to find out what was going on. Where was the doctor? I can't remember. The doctor what. had zoomed off after the guys. Yeah, she had oh. gotten left in the house. Right. Okay. Okay. So she she went and looked at the back of the TV, saw that it said Magpies, and went and over that there. there was electricity. Red oh, she saw the red electricity. Yeah. Okay, okay, and yeah. That, and the doctor was like, come on, we're going to lose him again. And she's just right. kind of staring at it. Yeah, and he just takes off without her. Like, thanks, doctor. But she decided to do a little bit of snooping herself, right? Mm-hmm. And just decided, hey, I'm going to go see what the deal is with this magpie guy. And did y'all notice Did y'all notice her, like, just sticking it to magpie? Uh-huh. You know, she's like, well, I guess you better just tell me everything. You know, and, and just really, like, really nudging him along you know she said something about uh him selling the tvs for so cheap and practically yeah. giving them away and he said well i have my reason she and she goes oh what are those then <laughs> you know she's like you're not just gonna hand wave me away magpie like I, I you know i'm gonna find out what's going on here um and yeah we didn't put this in the notes either another thing we forgot but she was like really really um like, how do you put it? I don't know. Just ragging on Eddie, the father guy. He's like, oh, only man. an idiot puts the British flag upside down. Yeah. No, Union the, flag. The Union flag, yeah. She <laughs> rode him hard. She said, uh, it's not a Union Jack. That's when you fly it on a ship. Uh-huh. Which I didn't realize that. So, uh, so if you're flying it on a ship uh, at sea, it's the Union Jack. And if you're flying it... On land, it's the Union flag. I did not know that that was a distinction, uh, and maybe it's not. <laughs> we're ta- we're taking that for for granted, but you know who knows. So you know she she's striking off. She's got her own initiative, but she gets herself in trouble, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's a face And but she's showing more and more initiative. Um, let's see. Oh, Corbin, what did you notice about the aerials? The antenna. Well. I didn't notice this myself. It was in the notes, but apparently they were s- intentionally supposed to resemble Nazi swastikas to Nazi swastikas. Thank swastikas. you for playing our game. Nazi yeah. swastikas to uh, Okay, so so you, you know who the Nazis were, World War Two. You know their little symbol. It's like, uh, okay, I'll show it to you later. It was the symbol on their flag, and they wore it on their armbands, and it was it was the Nazi symbol. It's called a swastika. And apparently it was supposed to represent this kind of post-war era. I don't... 
Um, yeah, it was. I, I didn't get that in the yeah. in the notes where where it said that, but but basically, I did think it was very interesting. So you're you're in 1956. So you're a good ten years or so off from. Um, no, 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 1953. Yeah. 1953. Okay, so we're just a, a few years off of World War II, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a few years ago that that happened. I remember even the dad talked about, you know, fighting in the war uh, to fight fascism and everything. And so right on the heels of that, you've got these TV antennas that look very similar to Nazi swastikas. And those end up being used by someone to suck the brains, essentially, suck the the life force and the soul and the essence out of people and their face to suck their, their individual individuality out of them. Right. Yeah. And there goes the dog again. And so with, with all that happening, uh, you've got the, you know, the, the Nazi symbolism in the background, then you've got Tommy talking about it and we're going to, we're going to come back to that in a minute, but you've got Tommy talking about fascism and that kind of thing. So, um, Interesting, and it was very subtle. It was barely there, and I was looking. And every time I saw one of those antennas, I was like, "That kind of looks like, but not really." So maybe I'm reading too much into it. And then, sure enough, you know, uh-huh. apparently that was intentional. So, uh, Corbin, tell us about Magpie's Electronics. So, this was really interesting, but apparently, what are you doing? <laughs> apparently, Magpie's Electronics lives on in the series showing up in several episodes where like someone I think someone had a magpie TV there was a magpie yeah. um, microphone that showed up in an episode called The Voyage of the Damned uh, and apparently it said the new TARDIS had bits from Magpie's electronics in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so, so from now on, so from now on, electronics are all made by Magpie. Okay. Is that what we're saying? Okay. <laughs> Even though he died. Yeah. So somebody must have carried on the business name. That's funny. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye out for that, and um and see see how often we can find those little Easter eggs. All right. So let's talk about the Doctor. I demand to know who you are. I don't know. Don't mess with Rose. I know. Holy cow. I mean, the doctor is always like, hey, you're killing people or you're hurting people or you're enslaving people. That's bad. You better stop or I'm going to get you. But man, when they took Rose's face. Now there's no power on earth that can stop me. Yeah, and he got the David Tennant sneer. Where his upper lip disappears. <laughs> and he just, all you can see is teeth and anger. And yeah, and he Were just, you, you know. Say bone? There is no power on earth that can stop me. And it's just, he's all veins and, then he and like teeth. And he rushes out there. Uh, yeah, and he rushes out. I mean, I love it when Come Tennant, on. I love it when Tennant gets angry. I love it. Uh, so don't mess with Rose, uh, unless you want to gain the ire of the doctor. He, um... Man, he, did he before that happens, when he first shows up and knocks on Mr. Connolly's door, he just uh, sizes that dude up pretty pretty quickly. He, he He's getting ready to throw up the psychic paper, right? And so the guy says, who are you? And he goes, 
go, let's see. And kind of looks him over, looks over the house, sizes everything up and goes, so that would make you a countryman. And he flips open the thing and he goes, queen and country and all that, you know, and basically just knows that this guy is going to be like uber patriot. He's going to be all about the, the queen's business and the empire and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, Corbin, you pointed out he was just kind of rude about it too, right? Yeah. How so? It's like, you're making... Well, obviously, Mr. Connolly is really rude, like, I'm speaking! And then the doctor gets all up in his face, I'm yelling at him. listening! I know, it's like... Oh yeah, because that was gosh. like the second or third time that... He said, that I'm had said, I'm speaking! And the doctor, I'm not listening! He's <laughs> like, get fired right back at him. Like, you're not gonna uh, intimidate the doctor at all. Apparently not. Yeah. Uh, guys, so you know how, like, when you're trying he's, to figure he's out... He's also like, what gender is the queen? Well, female, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that the queen should do the housework? And he's like... It's <laughs> 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 like, gets all flummoxed and everything. Um, so guys, you know how, like, when, um, when, when you're, uh, searching for a toy and uh, you can't remember if it's in that toy box or if it's over here in the closet or whatever. So you just give the toy box a quick lick to determine what's, what it is and what's in it. Y'all know how you do that? No. Y'all don't do that? Uh, Apparently the doctor does. <laughs> he picks up an alien piece of tech and just and just gives it a quick lick. You know, it, like, I think he said it tastes like iron. <laughs> yeah, and he said, uh, oh gosh, oh, I thought I had it written down too. Um, Bakelite. Bakelite. He said it tastes like Bakelite. Which is, I guess, like a type of, of iron or a, a variant or a, some kind of mineral or whatever. And uh, I just was like, okay, so he can take... Did he do this before? All of a sudden, this is. I'm thinking like he did this one time before. Did he lick something so. one time before? Oh, no, he knows blood He knows, He knows. knows blood type by taste. Oh, yeah. Remember with blood control in the, in the oh, Christmas invasion? Yeah. <laughs> he dips his finger in the blood and tastes it, and he goes, oh, blood control. Oh, brilliant, blood control. I haven't seen that in years. Then he goes... A negative, if I am I right, <laughs> you know, or whatever blood type. I think it was, it was A like, positive. Whatever it was, he knew it by taste. Not that I know from personal experience. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Uh, yeah, and and even and wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't he say something about it having kind a tang or something? Iron taste. Didn't he say something about it tasting the iron when he was when he tasted the blood? There's iron in blood. I know, but didn't he say that? I think so. I think when he tasted it, he was like, "Ah, oh, it's kind of like iron. Oh, it's blood or something like that. Yeah, I think And so. then this time he licked a box and said, oh, it's iron. Tastes like iron. I think he said it was tangy or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, something like that. He licks know. it, he's like, iron, iron. <laughs> blood! Blood control! <laughs> blood control. Brilliant. Uh, oh, I love that. Um, the Okay, are you all familiar with the phrase armed and dangerous? No. Okay, that's it's that's just like a phrase. So you may hear police describe a suspect as being armed and dangerous. So that means like don't approach that person. They're dangerous. They've got they've got a weapon. Maybe they're unstable. You know, for whatever reason, that person is con- is to be considered armed and dangerous. They could have had access to a weapon, or they've been seen with a weapon, or whatever. And the wire calls the doctor armed and clever, <laughs> which, when it comes to the doctor, is probably a synonym. We literally just missed something in the uh, jittery pokery because he was about to sonic the thing sucking at his face like that was going to do something. He did sonic The who with the what now? He sonic the thing that was sucking his face off. And then she stopped so it wouldn't harm her. Oh, yeah. We completely missed that. That's when she called... 
Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when she called him armed and clever. And, yeah, we didn't get that. Uh-huh. Apparently, a Sonic will also. You electrocute me, I electrocute the wire? you. Back. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But I just thought that was hilarious that she called him armed and clever. You know, like, get away. Don't go near him. He's armed and clever. Uh, let's see. Oh, Corbin, talk about him and the, the detective inspector. So, at the start, the dude's interrogating He interrogating him. He's like, um, like, start from the beginning, tell me everything you know. By the end, and like the doctor's <laughs> sitting, the dude's standing. By the end, the doctor is standing, the dude's sitting, and he says, tell me everything you know. Yeah, start from the beginning, tell me everything you know. It's a complete reversal on him. And, uh... And that was where we got one of our wills, too, I think. This is reminiscent of the seventh doctor and some chief or something in an episode called the paradise towers oh so something like that happened in that episode yeah nice nice all right so that uh brings us to a very interesting rant of the week don't get it do you you fought against fascism remember people telling you how to live who you could be friends with who you could fall in love with who could live and who had to die don't you get it Fighting so that little twerps like me could do what we want, say what we want. Now, you've become just like that. You've been informing on everyone, haven't you? Even Grand. All to protect your precious reputation. So this is what I was talking about with uh, Tommy talking about fascism. The rant of the week, though this is totally a doctor rant. I mean, this is totally a doctor rant. But they gave it to the kid. They gave it to Tommy. I mean, the doctor wouldn't really know the context to it, but... The context to what? Tommy I mean, he, is saying, like, you used to fight against this, and now you're for it. Yeah, I mean, he talked about, you know, fighting in a war, and, and you know, the doctor, it, it would not have been out of place if the doctor had made this speech. I mean, it totally would have fit. It uh-huh. wouldn't have been too much information that he wouldn't have had access to. But I just thought it was interesting they, they gave it to this kid. But, all right, so the boys asked it before we started recording, what is fascism? And I was like, ah... Google, what's fascism? Uh, so, so basically, a very authoritarian government, authoritarian government like that just puts down. What's that? Like a dictatorship. Uh, dictatorships can be fascist, but um, not always. Uh, no, well, actually, that's a little different because the dictatorship is what I say is law. Period. Fascism has a little bit more of a groupthink twinge to it, where it's a group of people. Uh, you know, that are in power that say this is the way things are. Now, sometimes that comes from a dictator. Um, so with the with the Nazis, you had uh, the Nazis were a fascist uh, uh, government and they had a very charismatic leader in in Adolf Hitler, who a lot of the ideas came from him, but he was sort of the epitome of the Nazis. He wasn't just this crazy guy who everything that he said went and it was all his original ideas if that makes any sense and um so so he was he was like the nazi of nazis you know but it was the nazi ideas and 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 uh, philosophies and ways of viewing the world and it was this is the right way and there is no wrong and every other way is wrong and we're not going to listen to opposing views and we're not going to debate this and if we don't like the way you're viewing things we might just have you arrested or killed right so that's way anyway, we can to make you stop 
Uh, yeah, because it's our way and then everything else is the wrong way and we don't ever talk about the wrong way. You know, so that's the idea of fascism is that, uh, you know, everything is, has a certain way and that's the way it's supposed to be. And so, so, you know, similar to a dictatorship, it's, I mean, it's just not a good way <laughs> to be governed. Okay. And what Tommy is saying here is, man, you went off to war to fight against that. this. Yeah. To fight against fascism because, and, and, and what he means there is that, you know, the Germans were just rolling over Europe. I mean, they were just every country they invaded, they, they conquered and they were just taking over the world. And eventually they could have taken over England and, and wherever else. And then the British citizens, Tommy and his dad and all of those people would have been under a fascist Nazi regime. And so he's saying you fought against that. You fought for freedom. You fought for the right of little twerps like me. <laughs> right. Was that the word he said? Twerp? Yeah. Little twerps like me. Because he called him a twerp. And um, his point was you fought so that twerps like me could be twerps so that we could say what we want and do what we want. He said, you know, fascism was, was trying to tell you who to, uh, who, what to think and who to be and how to live and who lives and who dies and all those kinds of things. And you fought for the freedom for all of us to say, this is how I'm going to live my life. And now you're telling me that I can't live my life. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah way to go doctor i mean that is like that is a doctor speech you know like you've become and 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 he he i was about to say you've become the thing that you hated he said that essentially he said now you've become one of them you've become the thing that you fought and um so often guys that 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 can happen you know we fight so hard against something that we have to we feel like we have to fight it at any cost and sometimes we end up the the cost we end up paying is giving up the thing that made us different slash better than the thing we were fighting. You know? So can't lose sight of that. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Did we have any theories? No, not really. I didn't have any. I didn't have any, really. Trip, overall impressions, man. Overall rating out of 10. What are you going to give it? Um, I really did like this one. Yeah? You did or didn't? I did. Okay. But I want to kind of leave room for improvement because, like, <laughs> cause like, it's really simple for you because going back through them, you know what's going to happen. Sure, so, sure, sure. But I think you say this now, but I'm pretty sure you've already given a couple of episodes ratings of nine. So That's you know, right. You know. You still got room for tens. I think this one is, like, seven and a half. What? Okay. Seven and a half. All right. Seven and a half what? Um... I don't know. Thomas. What? and a half Thomas. Tommy's. <laughs> okay, Corbin. Uh. Mm, I'm gonna go a trip on this one. Like, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't like, it wasn't quite as interesting as normal. Okay. And it seemed like it was over pretty quick. Like by the time. They figured out what was going on. They had mm-hmm. practically half beaten the person. Yeah, did anybody else feel like, oh, wow, it, oh, it's over? Yeah. Like, like that, that seemed quick. Like, especially yeah. with how, like, they're running down the street, putting the thing together. In a couple of minutes, they're up at the top of the tower, dragging yeah. the thing into the um, cassette or whatever. Yeah. All right, so what are you going to give it? Uh, seven out of ten... Ah. 
Things. Yeah. Face sucking televisions. Scooters. Scooters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Not my favorite episode. Um. Yeah. I don't know if it's my least favorite one so far. It's. I. I will say this. Ask me again in 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 one month what I thought of the idiot's lantern, and I probably won't remember what episode that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I don't know that I'm gonna have. Uh, any memory of this one whatsoever imminently forgettable I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 poodle skirts poodle creep level trip what about the creep level um, well the only scary thing was kind of like the face sucking things and yeah. after you the had face gotten face sucked yeah so, the blank faces the biggest jump scare was just like them opening the door and you see faceless granny turn around and right. I was I was ding, basically ding. expecting right. that something it's like right. it's I was gonna, expecting something scary like when they were talking about like like her why face. does she look like that I'm like okay now I immediately know it's either some ridiculously deformed face or a blank face <laughs> and blank face was like the less creepy way to go for that Right. I thought it was going to be like her face had literally been ripped off. Melted off or something. All right, so Trip, how many uh, how many Satellite 5 creep levels are you going to give it? Mm. Out of 500. I'm going to say this one was kind of one of the ones that was like kind of creepy, but okay. not like the normal. But I'm going to say like 200 maybe. 200, okay. No, really? we don't. No. 130. 130. All right, Corbin. 50 or 15? 50. I was rating like 10 or 50. Yeah, I think I'm going to get it about, about 100. This was not, not too bad. Although, just staring at the... When, when he was in the middle of all those faceless people, and then they started moving towards him with the, oh, yeah. with the squeaky hands. Yeah, they got That was kind of creepy. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we got for this week. Join us next time for Series 2, Episode 8, The Impossible Planet, where we finally get to meet the Ood. The so, ood. so happy about the squid this. face guys with the little talkie balls yeah squid faces alrighty well until then the noobs and the whovian is a production of master closet studios research provided by senior producer austin reason our audio engineer is trip reason corbin <coughs> reason is our production editor special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia and to star and the rest of the staff at timberglen library in dallas for the DVDs. Saw a lot of cars parked out there the other day. It looked like they might be back open, but I, I don't hope. know for sure. So we'll have to stop by sometime and say hi. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobs and the Whovian. Uh, been trying to post there recently. We just posted a picture of a fun little Easter egg that we found in the new Roku menu. So I finally I snapped a picture oh, yeah. of it. Ah. And I posted it. So, guys, go check that out and tell us what you thought of that. If you have a Roku, did you notice that? Uh, email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. And either way that you get a hold of us, either at Gmail or on the Facebook page, you can message us or leave us a comment or whatnot. And we will be sure to um, give you a shout-out on air and give us your theories. Give us your thoughts, your creep level ratings, your ratings out of 10, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, noobs, I want to hear from you guys. What have you thought so far? Whovians, how have you enjoyed going back through it with a bunch of noobs? Uh, maybe you don't even have some noobs and you've had to adopt mine. What do you think? What? Listening to their <laughs> noob experience. Until then, uh, guys, I am Austin. I'm the Whovian, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the noobs. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.
don't think we had any bloopers this week. Come on, let's go. Beep, um, we're about to have one. I'm gonna be completely honest. I forgot to add the ending into here, and I literally just now dragged it over into VLC player. Okay. I thought you were about to tell me that you didn't hit record. Something about the look on your face. You were like, we're about to have one. I'm going to be totally honest. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Be whoop.